Hello and welcome to this Endo Life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an Endo Warrior and Endo Health Coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's (laughs) the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them i don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So recently I've had a lot of low levels or deficiencies show up with my clients. Many of them were experiencing uh, similar symptoms, uh, low moods, cyclical pain or heavy menstrual bleeding. When I say cyclical pain, I mean, you know, ovulation, period pain. Fatigue, heart palpitations, aching muscles, and overall feelings of inflammation. Whilst yes, these can all be due or linked to endo, we have to be careful about blaming everything on endo and not investigating these kind of situations further. In some of these cases, I suspected low iron and in others, low vitamin D or low B12, depending on the symptoms presenting, also low folate as well. I think many of us just don't always believe these essential nutrients can make such a big difference. Um, Or at least that's kind of the conversations I have with my clients. They're kind of like, yeah, maybe, like, I don't think it's that. And (laughs) they absolutely can make a huge difference. And these deficiencies have the power to honestly make you feel awful like awful and take this from someone who has been anemic and has had low vitamin D, um, also, yeah, also low B12, B12 deficient and, uh, low folate as well. So I've been there anyway, lo and behold, each client I tested was low in nutrients that I suspected in the nutrients I suspected, and they felt a significant difference with prescription level supplements. Now, clearly, huge disclaimer, I am going to be talking about supplementation today, but that is not the, you know, we don't want you to get to the point where you need supplements. In some cases, like vitamin D, supplements are recommended, um, especially if you're cloudy in a cloudy country, but we want to be getting our nutrients from foods. But because I'm talking about deficiencies today, often medical 
um, intervention is required and that's often a prescription supplement. Okay, so that's, I'm going to talk about supplements today, but you know I take a whole foods approach. So I'm not sharing this to show off and prove that I was right. I'm sharing this to alert you to the fact that some of your symptoms may not just be endo and you shouldn't dismiss the idea that it could be linked to your diet and deficiencies. So today we're focusing on low vitamin D symptoms in particular and how they may very well look like endo symptoms. And in the winter especially, low vitamin D levels are much more common. And additionally, studies suggest that people with endometriosis often have lower vitamin D levels. So this is a common deficiency within our demographic to be aware of, especially if you live in a cloudy country. Okay, so before we dive in, one last caveat is that this is a bite-sized episode. Uh, You guys are really enjoying them. um, And... So I'm kind of keeping to that format as much as I possibly can. You know, I'm a talker. Um, But if you want to investigate any of these topics further, I've linked to quite a lot of resources in the show notes for further reading. Okay, let's get to it. So first up is chronic fatigue. An easy one to dismiss as endometriosis because so many of us suffer with chronic fatigue. But vitamin D is crucial for energy production and research shows that those with low or deficient levels report fatigue while supplementation improves this symptom. Number two is period pain slash endo pain. So research has shown a strong association between menstrual disorders and endometriosis and vitamin D deficiency, including endo's development and severity. But endometriosis isn't the only chronic pain condition linked to low vitamin D levels. Actually, research has shown that 71% of people with a chronic pain condition may suffer from the deficiency. This is in part due to many chronic pain conditions being of an inflammatory nature and vitamin D is anti-inflammatory, but it could also be to do with the fact that vitamin D is involved in pain signaling. Studies have suggested vitamin D supplementation can help with certain pain and menstrual related conditions, including dysmenorrhea, which means period pain, and premenstrual syndrome. I see many clients endometriosis-related ovulation and period pain and PMS symptoms improve dramatically when supplementing with vitamin D. I actually had one client whose period symptoms weren't very responsive to strategies until we investigated, discovered a vitamin D deficiency and began supplementation, after which the improvement was profound. Number three is body pain. I'm calling this one body pain because so many of my clients describe it to me in this way. But vitamin D's role in maintaining healthy bones and muscles means that low levels can result in increased bone pain and muscle pain. Often clients say to me their whole body hurts or they feel inflamed everywhere. So it's not always as obvious as like your calf muscles hurt, for example. And in fact, research has linked vitamin D deficiency with quote-unquote, chronic widespread pain. So please don't dismiss your full body pain as only down to endo-related inflammation because this may be playing a role too. Okay, next up is depression and mood swings. I work a lot with clients who have anxiety and depression, both of which have been linked to endo. I also work with a lot of clients with PMDD, 
I have noticed that they struggle most or experience an increase in symptoms when they're low in vitamins D, B12, folate, or iron, which is unsurprising as all of these nutrients have been linked to depression. And vitamin D in particular has been associated with anxiety, depression, and mood disorders in research. All right, finally, this is a bit of a surprising one, is heart palpitations. You may have heard me bang on about this over the past two years or so, but we are seeing more associations with endometriosis and dysautonomia conditions, in particular POTS. POTS stands for postural tachycardia syndrome and is a condition that affects the normal functioning of the autonomic nervous system, which is a system that controls involuntary bodily functions like heart rate and blood pressure. In POTS, when a person stands up, their heart rate increases significantly more than usual, but people with POTS also experience a range of full body symptoms like fatigue all day long. The classic symptoms include a race in heart, dizziness, difficulty breathing, heart palpitations, and sometimes heart pain and fainting, but the symptoms are wide reaching. Now, because we are seeing more connections between POTS and endo, and I'll I'll put some resources in the show notes, by the way, about this, many clients come to me wondering if they have it or if they've already got the diagnosis, they think that they're just having a really bad flare up when in actual fact, their vitamin D levels are low and that's causing heart heart palpitations. The reason why vitamin D deficiency causes heart palpitations is largely to do with calcium. Adequate vitamin D levels are essential for maintaining healthy calcium levels, and calcium is heavily involved in regulating our heartbeat. Without sufficient levels, we can experience heart palpitations and over time, further complications. In fact, multiple studies have linked low vitamin D and calcium to abnormal heartbeats. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. So there are definitely other symptoms associated with vitamin D deficiency, including getting sick regularly and hair loss. However, those are the ones I see most frequently and are also ones that could be mistaken as symptoms of endometriosis alone that you might be dismissing. So if any of this sounds familiar, I imagine you might want to check your levels. So you can get a simple vitamin D test from your doctor and this will be a blood test. I recommend that you explain to your doctor your symptoms and I've listed to a few other resources for other symptoms in the show notes so that you can compare what you're experiencing with those. It's also worth letting them know um, that you don't supplement if you don't supplement as in the UK um, and I think the US and other cloudy countries, vitamin D supplementation is recommended in the winter to prevent deficiencies and so they might take you more seriously if you tell them that you're not supplementing. If they refuse to test, which I'm afraid to say many do, then I've linked to a few places you can order some online and those will be finger prick tests. So that could be good for those of you who don't like blood draws, um, which is me included, by the way, I am a fainter. So 
what are you looking for in terms of results? Well, conventional medicine is based in its ranges on averages. So they take a mix of people with healthy vitamin D levels and people with unhealthy levels, and they base normal levels on those averages. In contrast, functional medicine, which is what I'm trained in, is based on optimal levels, not averages. For those of you who are rolling your eyes, I know there are some of you and you're like, this functional medicine shit. I want to give you an example of how using normal levels can be detrimental. So I had three clients in the past several months who I suspected had low iron levels. One came back with ferritin levels of 14 micrograms per liter and was told that she was normal. Another came back with, I think it was 11 or 12 and was given prescription iron supplementation. Another came back with eight and was given iron blood transfusions. My client who was 14 was just outside of deficient, had all of the symptoms of anemia, but was told she was normal with not even a suggestion of increasing her iron levels through food. In my functional medicine training, we're looking at healthy ferritin levels as being at least 70 micrograms per liter. So you can see how far these levels were out. Though my client was being told at 14 that she was completely normal and there was nothing wrong with her. Okay, so, so I think you can get the point. You know, 14 is very, very low for even conventional ranges, way outside of the range of optimal. But because you're not classified as deficient, you're not you're told you're okay and you're not given any advice or even alerted to the fact that your levels are low you're just told you're normal so now let's go back to vitamin d so you, you now you've got the picture conventional reference ranges for vitamin d do vary from country to country but in the uk above 50 nanomoles per liter is is considered sufficient Whereas in functional medicine, we're looking for between 30 to 50 nanograms per liter, which converts to 75 to 125 nanomoles per liter. I know, I'm sorry, the reference ranges, I'm trained in American units. These are UK units, so there's a conversion there. If you do need to supplement, I'll put those in the show notes, by the way, so that you've got this written down. If you do need to supplement, a good maintenance dose is 2,000 international units a day, but some countries will recommend lower, but generally this is a safe dose. 5,000 international units daily is a recommendation for low levels of vitamin D, though some doctors will prescribe you 20,000 or 10,000 a few times a week. But because of the risk of vitamin D toxicity, if you take too much, you really should work with your doctor um, to agree on the required dose for you personally, and then retest between 60 to 90 days afterwards um, when you're using these higher levels. Regardless, please remember that this is general information and it's never tailored medical advice. So please consult your doctor or health practitioner whenever you're starting a new supplement regime. Okay, that's it. I hope this episode has helped you understand the importance of checking your vitamin D levels for good endometriosis management and symptom reduction. And I hope it's helpful having these uh, measurements and understanding how to get tested. I'll see you next week. So if you found this episode helpful and you want to learn more about living well with endo or you'd like some further help, I wanted to remind you of the resources I have available to you and how you can work with me if you'd like to. So I obviously have hundreds of these episodes for you to binge on. 
And I do have two free columns. So one on endometriosis net and one on endometriosis news. And there are countless articles on there to help you thrive. You can also sign up to my newsletter for tips and updates. I have a digital cookbook and nutrition guide, This Endo Life, It Starts With Breakfast, which you can download for just $9.99. And if you want to go that step further, I have short and budget-friendly masterclasses in nutrition, surgery prep and recovery, and natural pain relief. I also have a DIY course, Live and Thrive with Endo, The Foundations, which you can sign up to at any time at a really affordable price point and you have lifetime access to. So you can go at your own pace and literally look back at it years down the line. This four module course will provide you with the most effective yet easy to digest tools and strategies to reduce your pain, fatigue, endo belly, brain fog and hormonal symptoms and allow you to live your life again. Each lesson includes the core foundational needle movers that I have seen work for my clients time and time and time again. You get all the essential information that you need to be endo without the overwhelm. Finally, you can apply to work with me one-to-one. This is my most advanced and personalized offer, so I only take a handful of clients. To find out the details and the application process, head to my coaching page. The links to all of these resources and ways to work with me are in the show notes. And finally, to help others find this podcast and reach as many people with endo as possible, please leave a review and please share with your friends and family and subscribe.